A little different outfit than last Sunday. Who said I looked better last Sunday? Are you ready for the word this morning? And hasn't it been great so far, though? You know, those kids just do amazing. The teachers and uh, Christy Lynn down there directing them. So she led the worship. Okay, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for such a wonderful, wonderful morning so far. It's been great experiencing your presence here. It's been great seeing what you're doing through our children, our children's ministry, Valley Christian Academy. I couldn't be more thankful for what you're doing right here in our midst this very day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Say, Holy Spirit, have your way this morning in all that's done, in all that's said. I pray that I would be in the center of your will and your anointing. Ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. You know, uh, about a month ago, my son-in-law was here, and, and he was preaching a message about Zacharias. We're going to go back and revisit that this morning. I felt like the Lord gave me a revelation there that I was supposed to share. It's like, my thought if I were sitting in the congregation, it's like, we're going to, to this again, to the John the Baptist, the birth of John the Baptist. And my answer to you this morning is yes, we are. Uh, with, I believe, a different revelation and a twist that you know, it's just like reading in the Gospels. When you, when you read the story in one Gospel and then you go to the next Gospel, there's a little different slant, a little different twist because they have seen it differently. How God speaks to each one of us differently. Okay, are you ready for different? Uh, here comes different. We're going to start in the first chapter of Luke going to start in the fifth verse, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to be reading through several scriptures, going to stop, going to talk about that, and then read through several more scriptures, and share what I believe the Holy Spirit has pointed out to me, shown me, revealed to me this morning. Chapter 5, chapter 1, verse there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. What do you say with me? Blameless. Blameless. But... They had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was, while he was serving as priest before God, in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell, they drew lots apparently, his lot fell to burn incense when they went into the temple of the Lord. So he went in to burn the incense. 
And the whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Everybody say fear. Fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? It's like, oh, Zach, ouch. You just had this incredible word right here. But it says, For I'm an old man, my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But, behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. And so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months saying and thinking, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among men. I want to go back and start to, to, to break this down when I think about Zacharias. First, well, and, and his wife Elizabeth. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. You know who Abijah was? He was one of the kings. He was a king, a king of Judea, a king of Judah. So Zechariah was from a lineage of kings. He had a long, 
<laughs> an incredible, an incredible, uh, what, what would we call it? His, the, the family tree, the lineage that he, that he came from. It's like, oh my goodness, he came down from kings. His wife of the daughters of Aaron, of Aaron the priest. So she came from a family, a lineage of priests all of the way down. So it's like, wow, look at this couple who they were, where they came from, what their background was. And he had served as a priest in the temple. So when you think of them serving as a priest, him being the priest, and and her being the priest's wife. Everybody say, priest's wife. You know that that she would be under pressure that most people wouldn't? Most women wouldn't? How many, of you, how many of you have been a pastor's wife? So do you know what it's like to be a pastor's wife? You're the one that's in kind of like the glass bowl, the fishbowl that people are looking at and saying, why did you never have a child? Why has God withheld from you a child? So poor Zacharias, he lived with this woman who felt like she was constantly under the reproach of men. She was never good enough because she had not had the opportunity. She had not given birth. Does this make sense? She was struggling for years and years because of the reproach of men on her as they looked at her. And she could even just read it. I'm sure she could just read it, in, especially in the women. It's like, what they would look at her and would they carry their babies around and have their, their little ones surrounding them as they, as they went, you know, to draw water from the well or what, whatever they needed to do with their little family and, and look at her. It's like, your husband is a priest, but you don't have any kids. Can you imagine what she felt like? Is this not making sense to anybody? Yeah, yeah. She was, she was struggling, so of course her husband who loved her was struggling as well. He wanted a child too. He wanted his lineage to carry on. They wanted children. They had prayed for children and expecting that surely, God, you will give us a child. So I, I just think that as... He had, as they had experienced hope deferred and deferred and deferred and deferred and deferred, absolutely making the heart sick and even making the heart become even hardened because of, it's like, you can almost say they were experiencing extreme church hurt. Anybody ever experienced church hurt? Man, and, and, and in that church hurt, your heart started to harden just a little bit, not necessarily towards the Lord, but definitely towards the people of God. Maybe even to the point that it made it difficult to hear the voice of God or the, or the plans that God had for you, for your life, because of what you experienced in the church realm. Does this make sense? To some? Okay. We're going to keep moving here. I really believe that Aaron had... That that Aaron. <laughs> I believe that Zacharias 
had his heart beginning to harden because, man, I've been faithful in this house. I have been serving in this house for years and years. I do the duties that, are, that I'm asked to do. I, I, I perform. I drew the lot. I'm doing. I'm burning the incense. I, I'm going. I'm doing. I'm going. I'm doing. I'm going. I'm doing. They were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. So are you tracking with me? They, they were doing what they were supposed to do. They were working in the temple. She tried to walk around with a smile on her face. She tried to be encouraging to those around her, but she struggled because she was looked down on the reproach of men because of her barrenness, which made it difficult for them as a married couple because they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Sometimes we can be doing the stuff. We can be doing the right things without actually having the encounter in our lives, having the presence of God in our lives, having the Holy Spirit alive and well within us, and we can be struggling and our hearts can become hardened with me? Okay. So it was that while he was serving as the priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was burning the incense. Then the multitude of people were waiting outside and they were praying and praying and praying. And as the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing right at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Troubled and afraid. Troubled and afraid. And the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. It's like the first thing out of his mouth. Don't be afraid. God has heard your prayers. It's like, are you listening, Zacharias? Are you listening? An angel has just appeared to you and said, Don't be afraid. Don't worry. God has heard your prayers. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You shall call his name John. It's like, man, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've believed. And now I'm hearing this and not believing it. Why would he not believe it? An angel of the Lord, Gabriel, who scared the daylights out of him, is standing there telling him, you're going to have a son, and, and, and he can't believe it. I wrote this down first really early this morning, probably in the 3.34 o'clock range. It says, oh man, it helps to get on the right page. I was looking for scripture saying, from Zechariah's standpoint, by the time his prayer was answered, his heart was hardened. His belief system was compromised by his experience. Ooh. By the time his prayer was answered, his heart was hardened. His belief system was compromised by his experience. Man, how many of us can get caught up in our experience 
allow our hearts to get hardened because of the experience we're in the middle of, not looking at the promise, not listening to the word that we're hearing, not hanging on to even to this promise, the promises of God, because the experience that we have gone through or that we're going through has been something that has been such an incredible disappointment that our belief system becomes compromised. See, again, I wrote down, he was blameless in ordinances and commandments, but guilty of unbelief through disappointment. Oh, that's good right there. Guilty of unbelief through disappointment. You know, it almost, almost, I was, I was even processing this more, I was, I was just sitting and listening and, and meditating on this and just, just thinking. It's like, you know, sometimes we can take on, we today, and I believe it was almost the same there, can take on a victim mentality. It's like, why me? Why me? Why me? Why didn't I have? Why couldn't I have? Why me? And I believe that Zacharias was thinking so much and so highly of so much about his opinion. His opinion, he's asking, it's like, trying to move back. Uh, and Zachariah said, how shall I know this? How will I know this? You know what, I, I, I can't believe just this promise. I can't even believe this word that you just said to me. Because of my experience, I have to know in my mind how this could possibly happen. How do I know for sure this is going to happen? Could somebody say lack of faith right here? It's like, man, you have his belief system is challenged. His faith is at an all-time low, faith meter low. How am I going to know this, that, that this is going to happen? I need to know in my head that this is going to happen. You're going to have to explain this in detail to me. And my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said, I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I'm just thinking, it's like, you know, when an angel shows up, I would think and believe, I, I've, what's that? <laughs> I felt the presence before. I felt like a, a tap on my shoulder. I felt a brush in my ear, turned around, turned around and looked. But that's when there was an incredible presence where you're feeling like the holy hush and the presence of God really strong. When you feel the presence of angels, you're feeling the presence of God really strong. It's like, Zacharias, you didn't recognize that I had sent the angel that stands right next to me to you to give you this message you didn't recognize my presence, you didn't recognize my angel, nor would you receive my promise. It's like, come on, Zach, wake up. I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. And what do you do? You say, I can't figure out how this could possibly work. So I'm rejecting this word. Are you with me? 
So, behold, you will be mute. You'll not be able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. You know, I think we're reflecting back, Zechariah said, surely you would have answered my prayers when I'm a young man. Sometimes God's timing is not our timing. His timing is not our timing. From my perspective, when I'm a young man, you should answer this so my wife can have little ones running around, so I can have that son that will carry out my lineage. That's how this is supposed to work. But it didn't happen like that. So I am having a difficult time believing it. God's timing, not my timing. And I think, you know, last week I was talking about words and heart and heart position. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We're going to back up to, to, to Zacharias. Like his heart was so, he was doing, he was functioning, he was going, he was doing, he was going, he was doing, he was not in the presence of God. He was not experiencing the goodness of God. He was just doing the tasks. How incredibly important it is that we have the Holy Spirit, that we experience the presence of God, not just see and do, see and do, see and do. Right? So he was trying, but, but his heart was so... So, so, in the wrong place, hardened heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of his hardened heart, he spoke and said, I can't buy into that. I, don't, I, I really don't believe this. How could this possibly happen? And how many of us know that God sees and knows your heart? My heart and your heart. He knows the heart. So his concern... Another scripture that I, that I was using last week is life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And he did not want Zacharias speaking the things that were in his heart at the time because he could have been speaking death over the promise that was given. He said, you're just going to have to shut up for about nine months because I can't trust you with your mouth because of the position of your heart, the things that might come out of your mouth that could absolutely destroy this promise. Mm. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. How important it is that we continually check on our heart position. There are times, there are things, there are situations that we go through that can callous our heart, that can harden our heart, that we can take on an offense where we can end up having an experience that causes us to have a very, very difficult time hearing and believing the promises of God. You know, I think something that's so... So very, 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 very interesting to me. I have had lots of opportunities to pray. I mean, get to pray for all kinds of people. People, 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 people. Love it. Love the opportunity to be praying for people. Praying God's blessing. Praying healing. You know, some of the most difficult people to pray for, to pray over, 
What, Bev? People with hardened hearts, and so oftentimes, it's pastors. Praying for other pastors can be really, really difficult. For one thing, you can put your hand on their shoulder, you can take their hands or something and say, okay, you're going to pray, and they'll start praying louder than you are. It's like, you, can you stop? Can you stop? I start praying for someone and they start speaking in tongues louder than you're praying. It's like, can you stop? Can you stop? You know, there's a time that we need to just stop and receive. Stop and receive. Stop and receive. He's got good stuff for us, but we have to be able to position our hearts, listen to what he has, and so many times it's humble ourselves. Look at the lineage that these two came from. Back to, back to their lineage. You know, they should have been very much favored. They were blameless. And everybody saw their actions. They saw what they did. But they all thought surely something was wrong with them. Men's reproach was because they believed it was God's reproach that they were without children. to, yeah, we'll, we will move on to, verse 57. Yeah, we're going to jump to verse 57. <clears throat> Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. Now so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. Only makes sense. That's his lineage. That's a son. He's been given a son. He should carry on. He should have the name Zacharias. And his mother quickly answered and said, no, he shall be called John. Well, a mother doesn't have that much say in that time. So they said to her, whoa, 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 there's no one in your relatives who's called by that name. So they made signs to the father. It's like, what would you have him called? Zacharias. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, his name is John. And they all marveled. They couldn't believe that. His name is John. He agreed with his wife. Immediately, now this was not when his child was first born. His child is now eight days old, going to be circumcised, taken to be circumcised, and then would walk away from there with his name. Immediately his mouth was opened once he said his name is John. His mouth was opened, his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Hmm. As soon as he came into alignment with the word that was spoken, agreed with his wife that the name would be John, he came into alignment with the word of God, his tongue was loosed, his heart was changed, 
and he started to praise God. Then fear came over all who dwelt around them. All of these sayings were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, this is where it starts really getting good. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then what happened? He prophesied, saying, I'm, I'm not going to go through all of the prophecy here. It's just that this is just amazing that Zacharias, filled with the Holy Spirit, began to prophesy words of God rolling off his lips and his tongue. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and redeemed his people. Awesome. Amazing, isn't it? Holy Spirit came upon him. Holy Spirit filled him, and he began to prophesy. His words changed. His belief system changed. When he came into alignment with the Word of God and obedience to the Word of God, and was filled with the Holy Spirit and started prophesying. Okay, I, wanna, I, I want now, very quickly, to go to back to chapter 26. I'm going to talk about Mary. Mary. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent, in the sixth, sixth month of her pregnancy, I believe, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Man, I probably studied for 30 minutes trying to see if I could really determine how old Mary was. And it's like, the best that I came out with was somewhere between 12 and 20. Somewhere between 12 and 20 years old. When you go back and study and try, try to, she was a young lady. Let's say she was 15 or 16 years old. That's probably the most likely, the most common. Said she probably was 15. A 15-year-old virgin girl named Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered, what manner of greeting is this? It's like, well, I didn't say fear settled on her. I just said she was troubled with that. It's like, what kind of greeting is this? Then the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom to his kingdom of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, Well, how can this be, since I don't know a man? Now Mary was a I just believe that she was an innocent fifteen year old virgin she's not all she's questioning is the only thing that i know is it requires a man and a woman to have a baby and i have not known a man so how's this work 
And the, Holy, and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. It's like, let's just back up a little bit. Do you suppose... If Zacharias would have heard this same kind of thing, this seems even way more far-fetched than what the angel tried to tell Zacharias. Is this not way more difficult to believe than, than you know, even in your old age, you'll, you'll, you'll bear, you're going to have a son. So it's like, but what is she? And then the angel says to her, for with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, no thing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Let's say that together one time. This is powerful. For nothing will be impossible to, the, <laughs> to those who believe, partnered with God, nothing will be impossible. So Mary's response to that was... Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Oh, it's that simple. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> then, what happened then? What happened to Zacharias when the Holy Spirit filled him? He started to prophesy. Then, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But... Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting, as soon as your voice sounded in my ears, the babe leaped, leapt, leaped in my womb for joy. It's like, oh my goodness. That baby experienced the presence of God that stepped into the room which Mary was carrying at the time and leaped inner womb for indeed as soon oh as soon as it, blessed is she who believed for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the lord and what happened they just like were bouncing off each other then mary began to say mary started prophesying the positive words coming out of the abundance of her heart the overflow coming out mary speaking those same kind of positive words, speaking the future, prophesying the future. So, verse 80, So the child grew and became strong in the spirit and was in the deserts, we're talking about John the Baptist, till the day of his manifestation to Israel. It's like prophecy fulfilled, prophecy fulfilled, despite the unbelief, the temporary unbelief of Zacharias. 
man, the time, the time. But I still want to jump over really quickly into uh, John 7, 7, 37 through 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood, cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I believe that it, we, 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 we know that Mary, I'm going to have to quit with the scriptures. I have several more, but I have run out of time. We know that Mary, Jesus grew in Mary's womb and she physically gave birth to the Son of God. We, so she supernaturally became pregnant. I really say supernaturally. It was an act of God. She supernaturally became pregnant with the Son of God, physically gave birth to Jesus. Now, what we have learned, that when we have Jesus, Jesus says, you drink from me, you will never thirst again, but out of your belly, out of the center of your being, out of your middle section, will flow rivers of living water. And what is that living water? That is the Holy Spirit, Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit being released from us. So the greatest gift... The greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind was because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed on him would have everlasting life. Salvation through believing in Jesus Christ. The really important thing, the words, the words that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. Believe in our heart, confess with our mouth. When we have that Holy Spirit that's bringing that, that living water, that's bringing that life, as Mary gave birth to Jesus, who became the living Christ, walking among us in the flesh, an incredible, incredible gift it was. As we read through John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus says, greater works will you do than I have done, because I am leaving... And when I go, he's going to send you a helper who will let you know, lead you into all truth, teach you all of the things that you need to know, will give you power from on high for you to be able to build the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. So, so a supernatural event ended up causing the birth of Jesus, in us a supernatural event results in something physical that we do. We're releasing Jesus, that gift of Holy Spirit, out of our mouths. We're carrying. She was carrying and delivered. We're carrying and we need to deliver. And Jesus says, greater things will you do 
His expectation is that nations will be turned to disciples because so many, Jesus was limited to where he was walking and the disciples that he were able to create just by touching. Now we have that Holy Spirit that's divided. We all have holy access to Holy Spirit to come living in us a supernatural event where we receive the Spirit of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit living in us that we have the opportunity. I believe that Mary was like a representation of the church. The church is you and me. She gave birth to Jesus Christ. We give birth to Jesus Christ as he springs up and out as living water. Christmas story. Would you like to stand? I would just encourage you to read the 14th chapter, 15th chapter, and 16th chapter of John. And we could have the prayer team come on down. Father, we just give you thanks right now. We're so, so grateful that you're such a loving, gracious, caring Father, that you care about every detail of our lives. But we're so thankful that you so love this world that you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, that he came to a virgin, that he came as a baby, that you sacrificed your Son, that he sacrificed willingly himself for the forgiveness of our sin, that when we believe on Him, when we ask Him to come into our hearts, first we believe, then we confess. First we believe, then we confess. When we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, ask Him in to forgive us. We are completely forgiven of our sins. We are empowered by His Holy Spirit. And then it is our mission to spread Jesus with the world. I just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're living in us, that you're empowering us, that you're guiding us, that you're directing us, that through your Holy Spirit, which leads us into all truth, shows us, teaches us, empowers us, that we can do all you've called us to do. We praise you, we love you, and we submit our lives to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a prayer team up here. If you've never, ever asked Jesus to come and be Lord and Savior of your life, ask him into your heart, this is a great opportunity right now. If you have asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, and you need that Holy Spirit because you've never experienced it, You've been in church for years, for years and years and years, and you've done the church thing, but you've never experienced the love, the compassion, the goodness of God. I just encourage you to come on down. Let's pray together. So I'll release you. Have a wonderful, fabulous, Merry Christmas in Jesus' name. And we're going out with joy to the world. Joy to